1: hello how the devil are you all right apologies for the uh long time no see but uh work work issues etc etc which we uh know I've covered in the past and there is ways you can help us uh, around that and we we'll maybe go into some of that later in the show
0: yeah it has been uh's been a fair bit of time now it's got to be knocking on three three weeks maybe more mm. so yeah been a bit a bit of a long one bit of a, a long stint without us and Like I say, we apologise, but unfortunately, not a huge amount we can do in regards to working hours, is there?
1: No. Okay, so, I thought I'd cover, since I've been doing a lot of walking in the Peak District myself, and I'm planning to stay there, um, I thought I'd look at Bigfoot cases from the region. All right. And this this account is one that I've covered briefly in the past and not really gone into massive depth in it. So I thought I'd choose that one first just to give you an example of the phenomenon, if you will, of Bigfoot in the UK. Because a lot of people think like Bigfoot is like an American thing. Um, yeah. I, not people that listen to this show because they'll probably be a bit more savvy, but... When you talk to people and that, they say, oh, yeah, yeah, well, it might exist in America, but it don't exist here, that kind of shit. Yeah. Um, even though the accounts well, we've mentioned before, these accounts of Dogman, uh, what they call the dog-headed man, go right back to uh, medieval times and, and before. So they've always been here, these strange creatures. It's just stiff upper lip Britain and all the rest of it. We don't talk about this shit. No. You know, um, and I think that's that's a lot of the uh, issue. I mean, this account that I'm going to give you now is reported in a Victorian magazine by an American. So that gives you some sort of
0: yeah. We don't talk about do it.
1: Do you know what I mean? I know that it did actually make the papers at, at the time, but again, in this this report itself actually comes from an American who who just happened to be there and pick up on the story. Um, Okay, so his name was Adam Joe, uh, sorry, Joe Adam, um, and he was, uh, this account is actually from 1890, but it was wrote up in his version of events in 1904, so... So, a few years after. Do you know what I mean? This is the sort of period we're going back to, just for this one account, and that's, that's what I say about these people who say, nah, nah, it don't exist and all that. Anyway, I'll get into the account, so... In October of nineteen oh four, okay, this is written by, I say, Joe Adam. It describes how people who lived in the village of Derbyshire, this was Bakewell, um, had to deal with a so called wild man of the woods. It was an extraordinary being, as they put it, which apparently wanted to live in a primitive way. Alright. So traveling to this is he says like so travelling to By train to Bakewell is a delight, as you wander through some of the most beautiful scenery in England has to offer. When emerging at the station, you come upon a small bridge which crosses the railway line, and there's some extensive grassy slopes. These are a golf links skirting the length of the railway and stretching for miles to Matlock. And in dense woodland, known locally as Wormswood, some of the recesses, which are well nigh inaccessible unless you stick to the path that runs through the woods and trying to walk off this path into the undergrowth or bracken is so thick that it's impossible to penetrate. There are also several old stone quarries in the woods, uh, which are in and around the grounds. uh, And obviously these places are more clear than the other places just broken up by the old boulders. On the outskirts of the woods, you can view the plateau of the slopes of the hills, the reservoir which supplies the village's water. this opening paragraph right I'm going to read it verbatim but I'm going to ad lib because there's already a few things in here that people will be picking up on that are into the subject of Bigfoot okay so you've got quarries you know how many reports do we get from in and around quarries A15 A18 um, you know up here Goxall way on uh, Fort and Abbey way on this black cat scene in the quarry there, and you know, black cat. Co- no, no, this <clears throat> this almost sheer-sided um, slopes that he talks about. This seems to be the habitat of these creatures, and I think it's for reason. I think it's for evasion, right? Yeah, makes the sense. easiest way for them to escape us is to go vertical because we cannot follow. If they just go up. Like Bempton Cliffs in uh, Wolfland's uh Pulse which we'll we'll cover on another um, episode because I'm gonna go into a bit more detail on that. But again, Bempton Cliffs, sheer cliffs. And these things have been seen going up and down, traversing them with ease. Yeah. But not something humans this... can do. No, and, and that's why I say they do it for an evasive reason. Um we'll come back to the golf golf links in a minute. Most people can picture what I'm talking about here, you know, you've got yeah. you've got the rolling countryside. I don't know if you ever looked at um Derbyshire, but it is rolling hills, it's heather, it's it there is boulders every now and again. Um but essentially it's quite open, not much trees really. You get cops trees everywhere, don't you? But mm. generally speaking it's quite open. Uh, farmland now. I've actually got a picture from recently when I went up Mantor, which is an Iron Age fort, and I'll put that on the group so people can see exactly where I'm talking about. Right now. Um, but there's something else I was going to mention about the area. It's just got out of my head. It might come to me in a minute. Anyway, so... See what you pick up on. See if you pick up on anything. When, when I'm talking here, if you pick up on anything, because I think you will, then obviously interject. But... Right, now in the Victorian era, right, and certain balmy spring evenings on Fridays, some certain young ladies were enjoying the delights of the golf, golf's on the Bakewell Links. Their identities, right, are not at matter at this moment, right, because they didn't want to be uh, identified because there was daughters of prominent residents. Now, we already know this because they're playing golf. <laughs> yeah. In the 1900s, women don't play golf. There's no. still some clubs today that don't let women play. Um. So we are already getting a sense of who these people are just by the fact they're on the golf golf They're yeah, doing
0: something that, yeah. Yeah.
1: So that's why they don't want to be identified obviously because um, they are like it says here prominent residents okay so the ladies in question were playing golf at the top of this slope close to a wood line when they spotted suddenly and stared in amazement towards a dense foliage which they all screamed in alarm turned about and run as fast as they could down the slope What hev- whatever could have happened to these young ladies and their friends to forget all modesty and run screaming like fishwives down the brew. <laughs> yeah. To the lady's horror, from the wood line came the appearance of an extraordinary apparition. Bursting suddenly through the undergrowth came a man. Question mark. Or something resembling a man. His clothes, if indeed he could be regarded as clothed, was the most meagre description. He was the most eccentric character. His apparel consisting solely of tattered shirt and rags, and boots in an ancient size which no longer fitted. In fact, he now seemed to be struggling to walk in them. <clears throat> I'm going to come back to this passage. And from under his shaggy brow, his eyes glistened, as his weird being advanced in leaps and bounds in their direction. The cries he emitted were strange noises, which increased the lady's terror hundredfold. As down the slope they fled helter-skelter, stumbling over the broken, strewn ground, slipping, falling, and um, raising against, uh, paying little heed to the scratches and bruises they received. The only idea was to get as far away from this horrid spectre as possible. All right, so here we've got the first description of this creature. <clears throat> Some of the things that stand out, well. You tell me. I mean, obviously, what what stands out in that passage to you? Because it jumps out at me, and I, I don't know if it's just me.
0: To me, it's the the fact that they describe it as a man. I know that sounds really stupid, but when you're obviously talking about Bigfoot and you're talking about things like that, the fact that they've put a human description to it um, when this thing can clearly not, do human things? Does that make sense? Yeah, I think um, you know you're talking about something that's. I mean, obviously, it's we describe it in the UK as the wild man. Um, but well, the, f- the fact that it's completely
1: <clears throat> they amplify that point by describing it wearing clothes. Yeah, just but, it's human, but it's not. But almost human. not wearing clothes at the same time. Mm. It's almost like they're trying to, uh, you know, project this. Human on this thing because yeah. what else could it be exactly? So, like they're saying, like it's got shoes that don't quite fit because the way it was walking, you know.
0: Is it wearing shoes, is it or? wearing
1: shoes or is it just its feet? Mm. You know, has it got big feet and the way it was ambling across? And again, they, they say here that it advanced towards it in leaps and bounds. This will come back into the story as I go, and um, it's interesting so. It was at this point, the creature, Wild man, seemed to realise the fright it was causing and pulled back, its chase, uh, and plunged back into the depths, dark depths of the woods, still howling and grunting. Again, howling and grunting. This pulled back, um, where they say it pulled back because it was causing fright. In most modern accountants, we get this pulled back situation when it's trying to remove you from the area. Yeah. You know what I mean? It all... It, it's, it's, like a buff, it's like a bluff charge type yeah. thing this, this could be what they describe it here but again it's put in, in terms of you know again making it more human ok so of course the news of this exciting experience was brought to Bakewell whence it travelled via tongue and the press far and wide over the lands headlines screamed a wild man of the woods a real living breathing dancing wild man all right. This was too much for the Bakewell residents and the whole place was stirred to its depths and the almost the entire male able-bodied active population rose as one man pressing into service a variety of weapons and set about as a team of 60 or more. Some were blunderbusses and they went in search of the wild man. So again, you know, pitchforks. Pitchforks and yeah. Shotguns essentially. Um and they're off to find his thing it seems the butcher the baker the candlestick maker all joined in they started by spreading out and beating the woods in the countryside for miles around but alas no wild man was flushed out or appeared so when the evening drew near on this eventful friday many of the search parties gave up the search for the day it seems that some or more of the ardent spirited formed themselves into a small watch parties equipped themselves with lights crept out over the woods throughout the nocturnal hours until the next morning <laughs> very interesting point coming up here on returning the only news they had to report was that they had seen a flickering light in the remote depths of the woods that moved about like will-o'-the-wisp as they thought they hunted the wild man might be in direct contact with the, the with the devil himself some of the more daring youths volunteered to pursue the mysterious lights uh, when they next should see it. But to the great sadness, nothing tangible resulted from this quest. Right. Right there, right? We're talking about 18-fucking-90, and we've got a report of Bigfoot in the same woods as Willow the Wisp, which is essentially, for those who don't know, is an orb. Orb of light. Um. Again, people familiar with this subject will know that these two things go in hand in hand in several accounts. So it's
0: supernaturals. Do you know well, what
1: I mean? I mean, obviously, people can make that uh, assumption, but it could just be they reside in the same places. Mm. Um, you know, it could be loads of different things. Obviously, this you can't get away from this Bigfoot, you know, aliens, you know, thing as well, where this seems to be seen. There isn't, obviously there isn't a, a, a supernatural element to these things but again, if you used to listen to Sasquatch Chronicles today you know, if you used to listen to five episodes, you'd probably hear somebody on there talk about seeing these strange lights and again, this pops up in Wolflands the Paul Sinclair documentary if you haven't had a chance to watch it yet uh, I, I suggest you do like I said, we will go into an in-depth um, discussion about it at some point uh, it's fantastic from my point of view but again, this pops up in there. These yeah. strange lights seen in the woods before the creature was seen, right? Um, again, in this, that's what they're describing, Willow the Wisp. There's loads of various um, reasons for Willow the Wisp in the UK, you know, from, like I say, like Devil's Lights. you know, this thing about this cat guy carrying a lantern, that's where we get that jack-o'-lantern Jack thing from, lantern, yeah. Um, over you know, and then there's, there's, there's people who say it's just swamp gas, marsh gases, these kinds of things, which inevitably some of them will be. You know, granite, they've done studies on granite and they know that when you, you basically rub two pieces of granite together, which could be, you know, underground, obviously, they do create lights. They're only temporary, but yeah. they do create light. So, you know, a lot of the Willow Lewis things, yeah, there will be mundane explanations for them, but you can't separate. The fact that these things are seen in the same locations, all right. No, you can't. But then you've also got the uh, element of because it doesn't say in here whether they saw one light or two lights. We're presuming one because just because of the way it's described here. But again, you get this um, in Bigfoot accounts. You get this eye shine. You know this. Um, glowing eyes, that kind of thing. So, again, this could be what they're seeing, but we don't know that because of the way it's written, like I say. But we but we can assume it's just an orb of light. But, again, yeah. it's interesting. The same night as this creature was seen, this thing was seen. Okay, so on the morning, this is the Saturday, the search continued. So this is daylight now. Uh, and for the first time, the police joined in the search. As a wild man hunted... Uh, hunted happened in the woods. Superintendent Blake was seated at his office studying some documents when a small boy burst in breathless uh, into the place, collapsed on the floor, and the only words he could utter was wild man before running out of breath. The inspector looked up with a professional frown, regarding the small boy as a miscreant. The later sank, uh, shrank before his piercing, steadfast gaze between his uh, trembling lips were tickled the words again wild man and nothing more so obviously the superintendent stayed back behind uh, he's not getting involved in the search but then this little boy comes running in, basically saying that he's seen the wild man alright so the superintendent smoked up and spoke softly to the boy the memorable words that uttered a wild man, yes sir, in the woods all shirt and boots and hat and long hair and he dances and makes funny noises sir <laughs> the policeman forthwith summoned his subordinates and they conferred together extracting as much of the intelligence from the juvenile informant as they could the mysterious individual was not to be so easily dismissed Um Obviously, because he had been seen the day before in the golf link, so this boy, yeah, you know, is it, it, more credible. Yeah, he could be making it up, but obviously, with them already knowing this and giving somewhat similar appearance as well, uh, they believed that this was the same creature that had terrified the ladies the day before. So they decided to pursue this creature. Um. Two policemen actually went out and joined the search. This is why the police got involved on that Saturday morning because this boy had run in saying he'd just seen this thing again. And uh, that's why the police were. Yeah. You know, initially, I don't think the police were too interested in, in this, but. This yeah, can understand. It's yeah. not. Yeah. the curiosity, so we say. Okay, so. These two coppers saw this thing, gave chase. Uh, but there was obviously numerous obstacles that would not allow them to uh, sprint as quick. And although the golfers uh, exerted themselves at the utmost, they failed to overtake the fugitive or catch up with him as he scaled these slopes again. Right, This comes up again. The, the almost uh, superhuman speed and scurrying through the undergrowth with ease. He climbed trees, swung himself from branch to branch, from tree to tree, with the agility of a monkey, while his pursuers looked on, amazed at the creature, with a tangled mass of hair, clambering swiftly through the almost impenetrable recesses of the woods. Needless to say, he outdistanced these pursuers, uh, and the, um, oh, this was, sorry, this was the male, this was actually another team of male golfers that saw this and gave, gave pursuit. Uh, and they returned to the village to right. to mark out what they'd seen. But again, if you look at what these guys say, these guys got a close view of him. They actually chased him, and they say that he was a tangled mass of hair. All right. They also say they're that all he- giving similar descriptions, aren't they? Really? Well, th- these these are giving more of a realistic description because they're not saying he's wearing clothes now. They're just saying he was mm. essentially a hairy beast swinging through the trees like a monkey. Again, he goes up these slopes that they couldn't go up themselves. He goes through bracken undergrowth that they couldn't penetrate. Yeah. I've seen this with my own eyes. Um, I've seen a cut through where something at least six feet tall was going through this this bracken, brambles, nettles, all the rest of it. You, there's no way a person could go through there. Even in overalls and that, you'd be cut to shit. Yeah. And I've seen something go through th- that sort of undergrowth and obviously, I can't say what it was, but it is not a person. Yeah. Um, I know what you mean. And that's what they're seeing here. But again, swinging through trees, it's, it's sounding less and less like a man. You know, it never really sounded like a man from the beginning because that wouldn't have scared the women in such a way, would it? But anyway. Okay, so. That week, the wild man made repeated appearances in various parts of the peat district. For instance, one man saw him indulging in a siesta on the banks of the river. Uh, if he noticed he was perceived, however, he would retreat to the friendly seclusion of the woods. Again, you know, this is animalistic behavior. Um, it was seen by a tradesman of Baitwell, who was surprised by the strange creature enjoying a dip in the water... But again, the wild man betrayed the excess of modesty, which always seemed to prompt him to seek safe asylum amongst the foliage. It is very clear that this was no ordinary tramp, as he exhibited on various occasions strong... inklings for... ...water. Hmm. Right? And again... Many accounts I know th- I know this is <clears throat> nauseam now, but many Bigfoot accounts go hand in hand with water. We don't have really aquatic apes. Well we've got aquatic DNA right which yeah. no one can explain and they don't like to talk about it. We're more we're more aquatic than we are chimps say primates
0: and you know yeah, we, that's not spoken about very much you know we
1: don't really go into it but these creatures again the scene there's even accounts of people in like um you know the bayou places and that in america they actually talk about these creatures having underground under sorry underwater cave systems where they can swim down into a cave and that's how they evade people that's where they live um but again this element of swimming being around water it comes up in this case and it, it seems to be, it seems to reoccur in other cases of Bigfoot, let's say. Yeah. So it's so it's not, this is not like a, an outlier in that respect. All right. So he was seen taking a dip. Uh, as soon as he was seen, he run back into the woods, essentially. But they, I mean, this is a bit of a leap, but the problem they had is that they kept seeing him in various rivers. They even saw him doing his ablutions in a, in a reservoir which supplied the village and this was too much because now they're thinking, well, this thing's in our water. Yeah. It's contaminating our water and it's What's gone too doing? far. Um, the town then concluded that the level of cleanliness had gone way too far and at night his flickering lights could be discerned on the highest points and again, this is where they think that he's made a fire because of right. seeing these lights again. Uh, again, it could be fire lights, and it's quite possible it was. Well, I'm not sure, but the police report said they saw they found a fire. Right, right. Uh, there is actually a picture, and I think Deborah Attswell's got it on her website of this like a tent, like a TP structure. Again, which is common in Bigfoot accounts of uh, modern day, but they they find a TP structure, and alongside that TP structure, the police say they see evidence of a, a smouldering fire or a fire. Right, but whether they did or not is... Whether the fire was anything to do with this creature or, you know, maybe the searchers or... I've got no idea, but maybe these creatures can make fire. It's not out of the realms of possibility, you know. No, We were making fire a hundred thousand years ago. So... The the police obviously search the woods um, during the night and day and this is where they find this crude hut structure uh, and again, like it says here, they found cold ashes of a fire. I mean... It's possible. Yeah. Although the two two things... Like I say, the fire might have been there in prior. You've got to remember that. In this time, right, And we're talking about, yeah, 1900s, it was illegal to go on to um, the Peat District. Certain places, you, you, there was like... I can't remember when it started now, but it was probably later than this. We actually... These were made into national parks and things like that. Yeah. Um, but prior to that, you weren't supposed to go into these places. They were basically private property, uh, owned by various landlords and etc. And there was no rambling. You know, like we do now. We just go out for you a just hike. Go and, for a walk. Yeah. yeah. That was all taboo. Um, and it took. I think it took 400 people. Some of them did get beaten up and arrested. But they basically turned up one morning to the Peak District, and um, they went for a hike. 400 of them just got together 400 blokes fucking just started walking on this land the police waiting for them they'd brought in police from all over counties they beat the shit out of a lot of them arrested a few of them but they couldn't stop them all No. and then obviously that's when um, I think it was a lady I can't remember her name now but she she was well to do she was from some wealthy family and then um, she started putting money in to say look people should be allowed to enjoy this because Especially in this area, they got this beautiful countryside, and you had people who weren't allowed to. They were work all week looking at it, and weren't oh, allowed God. to go on yeah. it at the weekend. They had nothing to do. So yeah, absolutely. So, so again, before before this, so people weren't allowed on this countryside. It's not like, not like today. So again, the fire is interesting in that respect because it because people aren't allowed there. This is before people allowed there. So what I'm saying is is this thing making fire there because there's no one else there nowadays yeah nowadays it can't people everywhere I don't know obviously speculation but you know write, does make sense right and, and uh, you tell us what you think obviously but that that's that, my you know estimation of it so um, yeah this crew structure was found cold ashes like I said uh, and this shanty it, this shanty is what they call it was constructed by branches and um, uh, and bracken which grows in great profusion of these parts this this was a shelter from the wind by a wall it was also backed up against the wall of stones um, the lights had obviously been seen in this location where this hunt was found that's the reason they were looking there yeah but since then fires had not been noticed much further in the woods indicating that the wildman had shifted His quarters to the thickest parts. Again, it's an assumption on their part that because they can't see the fires anymore, he must have gone deeper into the woods. But again, that does make sense. <laughs> that makes the yeah, sense. Yeah. They're getting away
0: from where people can get yeah. to them.
1: Um Again, the most rigid searches, however, failed to locate either man or his camp in the first week. And so, in spite of everything, the wild one was never captured. All right, so. That's essentially a story in a nutshell, and then he just disappears into the mists of times, he's never seen again. But again,
0: you say he's never seen again, that doesn't necessarily mean he's never seen again. In that like you said there, that's an American that's hmm. wrote the piece and as a general rule, British don't talk about stuff like that.
1: In that in that sort of period that you know, when this was going on, that 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 that's when it um you know, he, he, the police search obviously that finished at some point. Yeah. Uh, and he never made a nuisance of himself anymore. So he just give, stopped looking essentially. But, you know, left him to his own thing. But I don't know. <clears throat> would you, if you had a scale of one to 10, w- you know, one being tramp and 10 being wow, man, I mean, where would you, w- given what you just said, where would you put that on that scale?
0: Back at that. Time period. Well any time period. Nowadays I would say fifty fifty. Um back then probably leaning more towards a wild man than um than a tramp, purely on the basis that Victorian England um was a horrible fucking place to live and you go back to things like the workhouses and things like that. But in Victorian England, if you didn't live, if you were poor and had no money and you didn't live in the city, you were going to die. You know, there mm. these, you didn't get countryside pobos. You, it just didn't exist because there was nothing. You couldn't, you know, poachers got shot. Do you know what I mean? It wasn't a case of, you, there was nothing to live off. And the water systems were terrible in this country um you know the Thames is still probably the most polluted river in the in the world I would go with um you know we didn't look after anything at that that period in time, so it it's almost impossible it would be a homeless tramp
1: it's it just yeah, doesn't that's see. Why I'd put it more like seven or eight yeah, I mean the description of again now the only phone more... calls it made was grunting and howling. Uh, it was covered in massive hair, matted hair by the sounds of it as well, which is quite common.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, the the willow the wish lights. Yes. Swinging through debris. Uh, swinging through debris. Swinging through the trees. Um, See, that would... You know, you're talking about
0: something like that, which, let's be honest, other than like Ninja Warrior, have you ever seen a human? No. It doesn't happen, you does know, it?
1: Travelling through the undergrowth, the bracken and all that, just running through it like it will not Thing exist. That's impossible for us. Yeah. I mean... Uh, and then obviously scaling those slopes, which people couldn't follow. There's too got, much. Got, yeah, it's, it's, it's higher than 50. There's 50, too I'm much it. there to say that was a. And again, you've got police seeing this. You've got these aristocrat women seeing this, so don't mm. want to be named for that reason. So these are not people that are going to make shit up. No. Um, you, know, you say the police seeing it, and then everybody else that was there, and golfers as well. So for me, that story. Tells me that since at least nineteen hundred, at least nineteen hundred. Obviously, I say we go back further than that, but at least nineteen hundred, these things were around. Are they around still today? I presume they are because of what, I, because things I've seen and etc. But yeah, um, I would say they are. Are they less or more abundant? I don't know. But this this one seemed to be a single low male. And again, how many times is that reported? More often than not. Yeah. Um, alright so The Howler of Barlow Woods this is 1989 again so we're going back again to this period it, this was around 1980, sorry, 1989 when this happened to me I was 17 at the time I was just killing time and went into the woods for a look at all the pine trees I'm just wandering around and everything was normal I could hear the birds just a good day up to that point I was about 100 yards in when all went quiet. Silence, not a sound, even the birds stopped. There was nobody around me. The woods went so quiet. I just stood there looking around. Then I heard the strangest sound, a loud whooping noise and a knocking sound from all around. Then everything went silent again. Again, I'm reading you this story and this is from 1989. If you listen to Sasquatch Chronicles today, right? It's all similar stuff. You will get exactly this description, probably. You know, if you listen to Fibers, you're gonna get this description: the woods going sound, the Oz effect. You know, Jenny Randall's came up with that, I think it was, um, where essentially you're just in this bubble, nothing around you. Even the birds stop, crickets. People have even reported even the wind stopping. Although some some accounts still say they could hear the, the rustling of the wind through the through the leaves, but essentially everything else stops. It's like all oh, animals know. Um, there's a there's a serious predator in the area type of thing. Yeah, um, and then you get again she's she accompanying this I'm saying she. I don't know if it's a she, it feels like a she, but anyway, you are getting this sound of um, this whooping sound, no. you know, and then knocking. I mean. People go out now and do fucking wood knocks and shit. Still, I'm not, you know, not saying that they do wood knocks, but we get this knocking associated with this whooping, associated with this Oz effect. So you've got all three of those things in this story, 1989, in a woods in the Peak District, just like that. Complete quiet, no birds, no car noises, nothing, no sounds of animals. Complete silence. I didn't see who or what made these noises. But I could tell I was being watched. I could feel it. Yeah. You know, and people report that time and time again. Yes. Yeah, I'm looking around feeling. everywhere, but I can't see anybody at all. These woods were thick. The trees were large. I couldn't make out anybody or anything around me. I headed down towards a small stream and got down to look. I saw nothing. I laid there for ages. I did did some knocks back and whoops. That start the whoops started again louder this time my cheeks were puckered now I was so spooked I looked back into the thick woodland and my eyes saw loads of shapes in the sunlight but nothing I could pinpoint then a bump crack noise a bump bump crack noise in the distance I could not take any more and I was off I went back to my bike as fast as I could and went uh, went out I could feel I was being followed again you know I was so scared I kept turning around but I could not see anything to make or make anything out and then there was the quiet came as I left the woods I could hear the natural noises return the birds the streams the noises it was over and I'd returned to the woods but never passed close uh, since then basically so he's been back to that was but not to that point again five six seven elements there maybe that you see in a modern day encounter again not, not seeing what it was felt the presence felt being watched and then people report that I've never experienced that in the woods I do it all the time when I'm walking down the street you know that way you get you feel like you're being watched you look up at a bedroom window someone watching you from an upstairs yeah I mean you just look straight out don't you so I feel all that all the time but but to that extent in the woods where I've, I've um, you know, had to leave the woods. No. Um,
0: no, I've, ne- I've never had that, but like I said, that time when I was driving through the uh, A46, you could feel that was looking.
1: Yeah. You know what I mean? There's, um, interestingly, there's a, a film, I think it's on YouTube, so I think it's free to watch at the minute, and it's called uh elusive and it's a uk bigfoot documentary um it's it's um it's worth a watch and it, it was put together by a guy called chris turner and this account that i'm going to share to you now is an account that he was given by a witness um all right so this is the witness in their words. I'm not sure if this makes it into the film or not. Uh, so, anyway, my first experience with what has become known as the North East Derbyshire Moorlands Beast, good thing I'm a bit more fucking snappy, but North East Derbyshire Moorlands Beast was in August of eight, 1984. All right, so we're coming a bit more modern here. Uh, I was um bivvy camping with my cousin, at a place called Blackmore, not bivvy camping. So that's just uh, basically uh, like a, a tent for your sleeping bag. It's a one man tent. Yeah, it, basically. you basically put your sleeping bag in a in a cocoon, and then you just sleep inside your sleeping bag inside this cocoon, and that's it. Again, in the in the summertime, things like that, you could do that here. Um, this place called Blackmoor, It's just that it's just near Totley, outside Sheffield. I was about fourteen. And I was visiting the family in the school holidays. We set up in the tents and the camp. And we found... it would be an, And it had been a fun day. And as the evening drew in, we all called it a night. I got into my tent around 11pm. And we both decided to try and get some sleep. I felt like no sooner had we settled down to sleep. That we heard what I can only describe as the deep growl of what we were supposed must be a large apex predator it made a sound far it may sound far-fetched but that's what it sounded like at the time it was not something we had heard before or could identify easily we shook with fear instantly and struggle i struggled not to wet myself Brilliant. we lay breathless as we listened to the heavy footfalls moving around The heather, around us. Uh, Must be fucking place. Talk amongst yourselves. (laughs) Uh, Here we go. After a while, we raised a bit of courage, and gripping our knives, we managed to get out uh, of the poncho shelter. A thick moorland mist had settled now, and we could barely see each other in it, let alone anything else. We kept searching the fog, uh, and hurriedly packed up. Whilst all the time praying, with all we could muster. Strange how suddenly, how suddenly you find you need the need for God. We went quickly as we could back down the sh- to the streetlights of Totley and home. All right, two thousand and three, in July or August. To be honest, I'm second guessing the exact time, but it was hot weather, so. It wasn't in the warmer months of the year. Eh? It must, that must mean wasn't. Oh no, it was hot weather, so it must be in the warm... Yeah, so July, August, whatever. Um, anyway, I was now in my 30s, and I love to camp wild. Is one of my hobbies. On that occasion I'm talking about, I had gone rough camping with my friend and his girlfriend, we were camping in the valley known as Kin- Blokinda. And that's where the picture that I'm going to put on the group is from. We had settled in a hollow within the tree line of a small, smaller wood, the downfall and the mermaid's pool. It was first light when my friend's girlfriend and I woken at the same time. We both had movement above us on the edge of the dell. Both of us saw what appeared to be a jet black figures uh, moving back from the edge and away into the woods. There was three or four of them. I was certain I saw three. The girlfriend said she had seen four. We both woke up, my friend, packed up camp and went back down again. Um, Goit Forest, Whoops and Howls, 2012. This encounter... Occurred in Goit, I'm going to say that, G O Y T forest, in the Peat District. Alex spends a lot of time in the area and knows it well. Here we go. A few days ago, I had an interesting experience in my, in my research location. I hadn't visited the location for about a month, and I was using my free time to search for deer antlers in the deer park not far from my house. Anyway, I decided to head over to the forest where there was a wild population of deer to see if I could find any antlers. In a few hours in, I'd descended down a steep slope into the forest that lies in a valley. I started making my way down to the bottom where I had crossed uh, crossed the river and made my way up a logging road. About 10 minutes after I had reached the logging road, I had walked a little further down it, I heard a series of very loud knocks, which sounded like they were coming from close to where I crossed the river only 10 minutes ago. There there would be 5 knocks, a 10 second pause, and then another 5 knocks. The knocks were very dull sounding, so it was coming from something being hit on a large thick tree. They didn't think much of it, assumed it was loggers or something. Anyway, this went on for about seven minutes or so. I got curious and decided to check it out. As I reached the corner of the clear cup that would allow me to see the river where I crossed, and I suspected the knocking was coming from, it stopped abruptly. I started glassing uh, the area with my uh, binoculars. I couldn't see any more, anything, anyone or anything, I should say. I now I know that no rangers were out on duty that day, and there would have been no logging as their vehicles and high-vis jackets were easily uh, easy to identify. I just passed the area 10 minutes earlier, so I'm 100% positive nobody was there. So annoyed I didn't get a recording of the knocking, but I just assumed it was someone down there. Anyhow, I made my way down and quick, uh, quickly and there was nobody there at all. There was no wind and the knocks there had been always in a series of five and then approximately ten second wait before another five. I had noticed that the knocks started happening after I tripped and landed, landed on a branch that had not fallen. Which made a large cracking sound. Alright, so okay. he made a crack before the crack started back. Yeah. So it's almost like it is so his interpretation of that is that they were their their cracks were answering his crack. Yeah. Um I like the word crack. Mm-hmm. Anyway, um I actually went with my sister about two weeks ago and again heard the same knocking sound. No wind, wasn't a woodpecker. And I can rule out campers because I just walked past the area where the sounds were coming from about 20 minutes earlier. I did a couple of hand claps to see if I, if I could get a response. But the, the knocking immediately stopped and we didn't hear anything again. Interesting for sure. And last week I went there at night and heard the exact same uh, mumbling sound that I had heard a couple of months ago coming from 20 feet in the tree line. At the side of the logging road I was walking on, I then heard something large run through the bushes as I could hear the limbs breaking. Could have been a deer, but it came from the same area uh, where I'd heard that mumbling sound. Again, you know, <clears throat> knocking, this murmuring. Some people call it the samurai chat, don't they? Yeah. You know, that, that <laughs> Um, when it's off in the distance like that these log cracks, cracks breaks you know, I've had that happen to me a couple of occasions now where I've got out in the middle of, you know, late at night gone for a piss, whatever, pulled the van over and you hear stuff and you hear a break like it, you know, and you know You know a little for, you know, when you stand on a little stick, you get that like a peg pencil size um stick you know that sh- yeah this is not this is something that's at least i'm going to say 2 inch diameter something like you know ksh- it's a big crack it's a proper noise. it's designed to fucking make sure you air it do you know what i mean it's not yeah. it, whatever's doing it and again i've never seen what's doing it just like this person here but it's designed to make sure you're fucking aware it's there and again i spoke to various different people who have stopped on these similar places on night times, and had exactly the same thing happen to them. Mm -hmm. And again, as soon as it happens, you get this sense of, I'm not welcome here. You get that sense. I've got to leave, you know what I mean? The first time I heard it, obviously, I was a bit more intrigued. I I actually went over to the edge. I was on like a, a, I won't say a cliff, but it was like, it was raised. The the area I was was actually raised, and there was um, a field slightly below me, only about six foot or so. And uh, the, that's just the way the road was. And when I heard that thing, I actually went over to the edge of that ledge just to see what it was, because yeah. I was intrigued. Yeah. Um, I didn't get a sense of worry at that point, but then after I couldn't see anything, that's when it started to dawn on me that because I made a noise, because I thought if it was an, if it was a small animal that had stood on a, a, a log yeah. or it would run off, sort of thing, but nothing moved, and I don't know, I'd, it seemed odd. Uh, very odd and then the second time that happened to me I was more I was acutely aware that um, yeah they were not supposed to be happening <laughs> logs aren't supposed to snap in the not you, like that night and I was obviously camping in Moseley Woods when that, that tree was pushed over and it still tell me it was pushed over I mean there was no wind nothing and this tree just came down and landed within feet of our camp Um, I know trees fall in the woods all the time but well I say that but it is pretty rare that a tree falls down you know when there's no wind and stuff like that it it is pretty rare it is very rare do you know what I mean but we was there and everyone that was there there was a few of us there and everybody when that tree came down nobody thought it was natural nobody said anything but everybody scrambled to one side of the camp and was waiting for something to come in that doorway because we'd we'd built this camp it was basically woven branches to make like um, a shelter it Hmm. had no roof it was just sides we'd made it so there was one way in like a door the idea being that the police couldn't find us because um, you weren't supposed to camp but you're not supposed to camp here you're not supposed to have a fire anyway it's illegal uh, in the UK but um, weird that I find that really weird forest fires isn't it people can't be trusted I mean I was at Fort and Abbey the other day and some some fucking Bell Ends put uh, one of those you know them barbecues them where you put the fire lighters in light Yeah. yeah. That I can't we really call them then instant barbers. yeah whatever they are fucking t- makes all your food taste like shit yeah they do and um, someone put some knobheads put one of them on a plastic table that's the mentality of people that's really stupid and that's why you just can't trust them do you know what I mean it's just <laughs> fucking stupid I'm pretty sure those things come with legs my mum
0: saying that my mum actually the ground. did it did exactly that on a <clears> glass table and shattered the glass well there you go and I was like, well, the, she called me and told me which time I went, you're a fucking idiot. And that's
1: where you get your intelligence from. Yeah, it. <laughs> it must be. But yeah, I mean, there's a couple more stories here, brief stories, but I'll go into them on another occasion, I suppose. Um, yeah, save for another
0: episode. We might actually get some out now.
1: Yeah, because... Um, They're
0: interesting, though. Like I said, I, eat, and I, f- I find it, like you were saying a few weeks ago, the British Bigfoot, it's an untapped market because... People just assume Bigfoot is American. Um, you know, and uh, maybe that is because Americans, as a general rule, I mean, they're very different people to what we are, but I mean, maybe it comes down to the fact that maybe they're not, they don't care what other people think, or no, they're no. not afraid of telling a story that might re- no, make them say, look ridiculous. I would say they're
1: very similar to us, but I think they're taboo. Um, <clears throat> just like the taboo of ufos has been lifted now um you mm-hmm. know pilots are, f- are allowed to talk about it now in fact pilots are encouraged to talk about it now uh, they're not allowed to talk about the jabby wabby and what that does to them <laughs> but they're allowed to talk about ufos i mean british uh, british airways actually pilots their whatsapp group was called um and breed that's yeah. what they, yeah, that's what they would call themselves Anyway, but um, yeah, so they're not allowed to talk about that, but they are allowed to talk about UFOs. Fighter pilots, etc., are allowed to talk about it now. Yeah. So the taboo of. The veil's been lifted. Yeah, that, of that has been. It's, it's, it's common. Like I say now, if people. If you'd said 10 years ago, you know, UFO. If the government came out and said UFO is real, most people would be like. Half of them wouldn't believe it, half of them would believe it. I'd say now, if you, the government was to come out, which, alright, they are doing, but if the government was to come out and say officially they exist and that I think most people would say yeah no mm. you know that's sort of it's, that's how it's changed in 10 years they've gone from sort of like 50% saying bullshit even if the government said it was real to, to nowadays if they said it I think most 90% of people would say yeah we know we already know the real you'd still get a couple and we know oh, we yeah, know a
0: couple at work that would just like nah fuck off that didn't happen fuck off yeah
1: of course you would but but majority of people now would be inclined to believe it yeah Um but yeah, let us know what you think of those stories again. Most people probably nowadays most people are aware that the UK has its own Bigfoot um and dogman werewolf uh, going on. Like I said before, we will we will talk about uh, wolflands because it's uh it's really well done. It's it's uh it would make people question even skeptics. I think there's nothing there to make people Ask the question, I would mm. say. And again, we'll, we'll do a, f- a detailed thing in that. Yeah. But, um, but if you want to help us out, I've come up with a little way you can help us out if you're so intrigued uh, or you'd like to. Um, obviously, with the shows, getting the shows out, etc., we do need all the help we can get. And if you can benefit from it, then that's a bonus. So, obviously, we've started the Barbarian Breed uh, t-shirts, and t-shirts yeah and there's something on there for everyone if you, if you go on the website and please do I'll, I'll include it in the show notes but it's essentially just www.barbarianbreed.com that's b-a-r-b-a-r-i-a-n-b-r-e-e-d barbarian breed uh, you go on there check out what we've got there's something for everyone if you see something you like you want it in this different colour you want certain logo on the front a certain logo on the back or there's a logo that's on the front now but you'd like it on the back that sort of shit then yeah, just email me yeah. i think there's a live chat you can use on there but obviously you've got my email um you've got me on facebook so message me and uh, if as soon as i get that message within 10 minutes or so i can pretty much depending where i am i can pretty much do that for you it's not a problem but as podcast listeners we wanted to give you a you know, a, a, a thank you really obviously by doing this you're helping us out massively, ridiculously well um, you know, it really would make our dreams come true, let's say like that, if you could help us out if if the majority of you could go out there and get a t-shirt then, then it would be fucking unreal, absolutely but we want to make it easier for you um, if you use the word, uh, the code podcast, you can get £5 off your order so You know, depending where you are, that basically covers your shipping. Essentially, so yeah, so check it out. Use the word podcast in the code uh, code podcast, and then um, that's just for you guys who listen to the show. Really, nobody else gets that. So no, that's not on the websites or anything. That code. So so yeah, so that's exclusive to you. And like I say, five pounds, five pounds, isn't it? but yeah, go and check out the website. It is in the description. If you want to catch, if you want to uh, get another way to get it, obviously you can join us on Facebook. That's you can find it there. But it is barbarian, as in the Vikings, barbarianbreed.com. dot uh, Check it out. Get five pound off your order with the code podcast, and that helps us massive. Well, well, it helps ooh, everything, doesn't yeah, it? Yeah, more man. than you can fucking believe. Believe me, so. There yeah. you go, and you get yourself a t-shirt. And if you like the t-shirt, then you can go and get more because I'm pretty sure, pretty confident that once you buy one, you will get. I'm, I'm wearing one, like, one now.
0: Everyone has, to be fair. I mean, we haven't had a huge amount of orders, but the orders we have had have ordered more than once.
1: Everyone that's ordered, is ordered again. Yeah, yeah, pretty so, much. So, which that that tells you something about the quality of the t-shirt. Yeah, yeah. they are good quality. I think. Yeah, you I know, say, give us a chance. You know, check out the website. That's the first thing you could do, obviously. And then give us a chance. Get something. You can pay any. You know, all ways are accepted. I'm pretty sure. If there isn't, then let me know. But I'm pretty sure you can use PayPal, Visa, Mastercard, yeah. fucking American, fucking whatever. Oh, um. Yes. So there's no issues there. And it is pretty much from placement of order. You're talking about uh, probably less than a day before it's in the post. Yeah. So, yeah, quick. you know, I know even if it's coming overseas, it doesn't take that long and people that have bought one from America can vouch for that. So, yeah. So check us out, barbarianbreed.com. It helps this show. Um, and that is realistically the the way to help the show. We do have like yeah. uh, other ways. Yeah. But I mean, this is the way you get something.
0: That's the best way because you're, you're going to get something out of it as well. Mm. It's not just, uh, you know, chucking, you know, but you think most, for example, Patreon users... Pay say ten dollars a month, and they'll do that for five or six months. And, and realistically, you don't get you don't really get anything out of that. Um, all right, you don't get the adverts on your on your podcast, but you you know you're not getting a huge amount out of that. But if you was to take that fifty dollars you'd spend in five months and buy two t shirts, you're getting something out of it.
1: Yeah, you're still getting you're the getting, shows. You're still, still getting, getting the shows and you're getting... Nothing's changing here. You're just helping
0: us out. You're helping so. us
1: out and you're getting... You know, you're still paying. And we massively, massively fucking appreciate that. And anybody that's gone and checked the website out, even if you've gone and checked the website and there was nothing there that you, you liked, then thank you very much just checking the website out. That's fucking marvellous. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like I said, I think pretty much everybody, everybody that listens to this show will find something on there you like because it's no yeah, bullshit. Yeah, I said, I said on the thing, it's hundred percent cotton, hundred percent no bullshit. Yeah. So I'm wearing the flash um, top today. Um, flash. Uh uh-huh. I've got my new one here somewhere as well. Yeah, shiver my tim- shiver me timbers. In yeah, it, is it? it's a pirate one. Uh, I'll tell you what, we'll put a picture up on the website, not on the website, Facebook. on the uh, Facebook. Yeah, um, of us in our new tops today, so you can see them. Yeah, in the flash, so to speak. But thanks in the for flash. listening. Well, thank you very much, and uh, we will see you on the other side. Well, they've gone. No, oh, just for now.
0: It wasn't the right time for us to meet. But there'll be other nights, other stars for us to watch. They'll be back.